Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, welcome, my friends. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you are listening to the show live, archived, or if you have downloaded the show on iTunes or from the Stitcher app. Thank you all. Much love to you. Just a quick reminder, I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional life coaching and training company. On the show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life on a personal as well as a professional level. I am really looking forward to a great new year here with you. We have a lot of great guests lined up for you so they can give you and share with you a lot of helpful tips and information. So this show is intended to be thought-provoking and for information purpose. All the guests that come on the show are professional in their field and you are welcome to contact them directly from the information I provide on the show page. And you can also contact me directly if you like by visiting my website at www.coachingbyria.com. That's at www.coachingbyria.com. And I can provide you with all the information you need. But just quickly, before we get the guest on the, on the air, I like to set my intention, as always. My intention of hosting this show is to inspire you. I like to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire. It's really up to you. So all I ask of you on the show is to have an open mind and an open heart. Take what is useful for you and question everything. It's your life, so why don't you live it your way? And remember, you know, every day is a new day. Every moment is a gift. Every moment is a new moment. So make the best of every moment. Make the best of every day. And celebrate it as a brand new day this year. So let's make it fabulous one. And we're going to take a short break and we'll bring on our guest for today. So please stay tuned. Thank you. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Welcome, welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thank you again for joining us, whether you are listening live or archive. I really appreciate each one of you. So according to the Guardian Code and the Law of Creation, we were all created perfect, and it's not our fault that we think otherwise. My guest today, Steve Shang, is going to prove it to you. So it's really my pleasure. It's my pleasure to introduce you to my guest today, Steve Shang 
the author of the best-selling book, The Guardian Code, It's Not Your Fault and I Can Prove It. Steve Shank is a philosopher, educator, author, and 40-year entrepreneur. As a voice of reason on matters of relationships, happiness, and prosperity, Steve's book, The Guardian Code, It's Not Your Fault, delves into the way things work for anyone to trade what they don't want in their life for what they want. Steve has a weekly discussion about the book on his weekly radio internet talk show entitled The Steve Shang Show. Steve feels that every individual desperately needs to know how to take control of their lives, not only to survive, but to prosper and to enjoy fulfilling relationships. It's my pleasure to introduce you to my guest, Steve Shang. Welcome, Steve. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Hey, Ria. It's good to be here. <laughs> Welcome. Yes, thank you so much for being here. And I'm, you know, this show is going to be great because I want to, I want to know how it's not our fault. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of my <laughs> listeners today were they're going to be wanted to know. So, how are you? How is uh, Colorado? Good. Well, I'm actually calling next door to Colorado. I'm in Utah. Oh, but, okay. Uh, yeah, I uh, I crawled across the line, and so uh, <laughs> they haven't thro- they haven't thrown me out yet. So I guess we'll we'll get by. <laughs> so, well, you anyway. know, they threw me out of uh, Palm Springs too because I was just in the in a in the West Coast and just got back to this like snowy, crazy weather here in the East Coast. So, but you know, glad to be home too. So welcome, my friend. So um, let's start with with uh, what really inspired you to write about the law of creation, I would call it, or the Guardian Code and, and your conversation with the Guardian. I mean, for those of you, well, I, I, okay, go ahead. It, it, it's kind of interesting. I've, I've spent a lot of years in sales, which means I've starved a lot. Um, the, the ability to combine all of the variables together to work with a product and work with people that need the product or don't know that they need the product, um, and functioning in in marketing generally, uh, in direct sales, which is is something that is probably one of the most difficult fields in, in the world uh, for people to survive in, um, just forced me uh, through a lot of failure to figure out how things worked. And when I when I figured it out, one of the things that, that my mind works with is I always try to uh, deal with something my dad taught me a whole bunch of years ago. Um, he said, son, if you want to do something, what you have to do is you get the key. And now he was an old timer. He was born in 1887. And uh, he was 62 when I was born. And so he... Uh, he had a, a, a different way of expressing himself that uh, is a little bit different. What he was referring to with the key was he said if you could get a – he was saying if you can get a system, if you can understand how whatever you're trying to do works and put together a system to do it, whether it's shingle in a barn or whether it's, whether it's uh, figuring out how to approach a market and uh, present a product to people um, – mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you get the system down. So one of the big things that I had when I was going through the struggles of, of starvation to try and figure out how to feed my family and, and survive in, in some very difficult markets was 
once I had a success, how do you duplicate that? Right. Um, and if you if you if you can figure out how to duplicate it, uh, then you basically what that consists of is the system that it takes to accomplish what what you're you're trying to achieve. And so as I you know struggled with this, I read you know I've got a a stack of dog-eared self-help and, and self-improvement books, probably about four feet high. They're all dog-eared, underlined, and worn out. And uh, I used to drive a lot, and so I'd listen to all of these audio tapes of some of the some of the great leaders, the, the great motivators, the great uh, salespeople, and everything. Anything I could get my hands on. And at one point in time, I got into the thing of goal setting, and I discovered that most goal systems do not work very well because one of the things that they do is they make a mistake. Uh, they say, okay, set your goal, and most people set their goals. Uh, I would like to have $10,000 to pay off my car, or I would like to have a new job. I want a new job. Uh, I want to find the perfect companion for, for my life, uh, all of these things and they always talk about what they wanted, okay? Mm -hmm. The bottom line is that it doesn't work. And the next thing that most of the goal-setting systems say is to make a plan. He who fails to plan, plans to fail. Um, I've heard that a, a, a gazillion times. And what most people do is they sit down and they try and make a plan based on what they know and it doesn't work because if they knew it, it they would already have achieved whatever that they're after. Okay? So true. Wow. Now yeah. I, I know I know that some of your some of your listeners are going to say this guy's an idiot. Uh, he says, okay, you set a goal and then you don't make a plan. No, 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 no. You you do not make a plan based on what you already know because one of the most important things about the law of creation is that you have to see what you are creating as though it already exists. And since the question of how do I get it comes to mind immediately when somebody says, I want to achieve this, they, they immediately, their, their subconscious says, yes, but how are you going to do it? You don't know how to do it now. You've never done it before, and you've, you, uh, you have failed a couple times maybe. And so the first thing they do is they say, how? Well, who are they asking? Okay. They're asking themselves to come up with a plan that explains how they're going to do something they don't know how to do. I mean, it's a total, almost an oxymoronic situation if you think about it. So true. So the first, mm-hmm. the first mistake is they say, I want. The, the, the way you remedy that mistake is you say, I'm thankful that I have. Yeah, okay? wow. Mm-hmm. Because what that tells the universe, now, uh, I don't want the Christians to be offended because I talk about the universe. I'm talking about the universe from the standpoint that God created a perfect universe, and all the laws within it are what we have to work with. And the laws within the universe say if you, if you see something as already existing, 
if you see something as already existing and you think of it as already existing, then the universe says, oh, it's already created. My goodness. Golly. Okay, I better get busy about bringing it about. But if you say, I want, the universe says, oh, okay, they want this sometime. And so it will always stay out there in the future because your goal was wanting what you were after. Your goal was actually not that you had it, it was wanting it. And so the universe will say, okay, keep on wanting it. I want a college education. Well, um, as long as you say you want it, I guess I'll, 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 you're a creator. You see, we are tremendously powerful beings. We are magnificent beyond our imagination. Yes, we are. In the capacity to create. Yes, and we are. given that fact, most people uh, create a lot of what they don't want uh, by worrying, and they say, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can make my house payment. I'm worried that I might not make my house payment, that I don't have, I don't have the money to make my house payment, and what have they just created? Not having the money to make their house right. payment. Yes. If they worry favorably, if they worry, oh, I'm thankful I have the money to make my house payment, uh, the interesting thing happens that the first thing they do, the first thing that happens after they say, "I, I am afraid that I already have the money that I, to make the house payment," which is the right way to set a goal, I'll say enough. Then the first thing that happens is they make mistake number two. They say, uh, "Yeah, but I lied because I don't really have it, and I don't know how to get it. And how am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? How am I going to do that?" And the universe comes back and says, "Oh, they don't know how." But they're taking over the responsibility for figuring it out, so I guess I'll sit back and wait for them to do it. And it never gets done. That's why people like Job in the Old Testament uh, was sitting there with his body covered with boils and, and, and discomfort. He'd lost his herds. He'd lost his wealth. He'd lost his family. And he was sitting there in a loincloth being very uncomfortable. And he said, the things that I have feared have come upon me. In other words, he had created the things that he feared by doing the exact opposite of what we're talking about here today, Rhea. Yeah. So, once people uh, realize that after they, they, they daydream their objective as already existing and being thankful for it, then they sit back and never, ever ask how to do it. Now, you can do, go ahead and start working. You can, if you know something that you need to do, like, for example, that you're in sales, you need to find somebody to talk to, well, you start doing what you know to do, and then you stop asking about the stuff that you don't know, and what will happen is because you've already created by making the decision to have it, essentially what will happen is that uh, the universe will bring about things that will enable you to know what to do next. There's one, there's an interesting concept about walking by faith. Uh, some of the folks that have religious beliefs will maybe kind of relate to this. And uh, it goes like this. Not on this show. <laughs> we don't, we don't, so, I, I'm not, I guess, a religion, but I don't, I don't, you know, get into that because that's not my, uh, my thing. I'm, I'm more, Connected with universal laws and universal spirituality, and that's what's what's real. You well, know? <laughs> the, the 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 point that the point that I make it's a valid point. 
you walk to the edge of the light and what you do is you allow the universe to teach you what to do to make this next step into darkness. And the, it's, it's like driving a car down the road with the, with the headlights about 200 feet ahead of you. You're going to make a 1,000-mile trip, and you're going to start driving at night, and you can only see 200 feet, but that's okay. You'll see 200 feet and the next 200 feet and the next 200 feet. So what you end up with, uh, with setting your goals and, and not asking how, is a very simple analogy. Everyone, well, most of your listeners, I'm sure, have bought a, bought a car, whether it's used or new. But what they did when they bought that car, they drove it off the car lot, and I think everyone has noticed that the day that you drive that car off the car lot, it's new to you, but you look around and it seems like everybody's driving that same silly car. Yeah, yeah. What has happened is you have become attuned to or mm-hmm. alert to that particular car. Well, this is what happens when you set a goal. Um, I don't know, pick a goal. I guess maybe I have $1,000 for my house payment. And then what happens is you daydream that as though it's already existing, and you become attuned to it, and then the universe says, okay, okay, here's the deal. Um I'm going to bring the teachers. You know, the, you, you've heard the law that when the student when is ready, the student the teacher ready, appears. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what happens by stating the goal as though it already exists, you have become the student. And then the universe goes about bringing you the, the uh, teachers to appear. It might be somebody uh, that you listen to on the radio, like what we're doing right now. It might be somebody, a book that you run into. It might be something on TV. You might have, have be driving along and all of a sudden have a thought. But all of the universe conspires to bring about the events and circumstances and the lessons that you need to learn to all of a sudden manifest that which you set the goal of by saying, I'm grateful that I have the $1,000 for my house payment, or I'm grateful that I have the car that I need. I'm grateful that I have the wonderful job that is fulfilling to me and brings me the income that I, I can provide for my family with. So very simply, that whole system is very, very simple and very valuable. So what we have is the system, the key that my dad talked about. But there's one missing thing that people resent, don't like, are mm-hmm. upset with, and mm-hmm. wonder about that is the most crucial thing uh, of the whole system, and that mm-hmm. is failure. Yeah. You see, the worrying, the fear, what, the fear of not succeeding, the fear of not, or not even believing it. Because I think, you know, with me, you know, I work with clients on, on setting goals and stuff. And one of the things that they cannot even see it, they, they cannot even, you know, see it happening. You know, it, yeah, it's like yeah. they don't believe it will happen. And I like how but you, you see, um, mm-hmm. go, go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, you know, I mean, I, how you describe it is really, it, it's really important that people understand, you know, the listeners. But what I think, you know, I just wanted to, it's not like I'm arguing with you about it, I'm disagreeing with you. But I think, you know, the, the process of setting goals, the reason most of the time, you know, we don't, uh, you know, most people don't achieve their goal. It's because, first of all, they don't understand their position where they are right now. 
they got to really come back to right now and understand where they are and uh, why would that goal be important to them. You know, like you said, when a student is ready, the teacher will, will appear, right? But if you're not ready yeah. to understand why is that goal important to you and what would that goal do for you if it's, if it's already happened, you really have to believe it and then understand your obstacle, understand why, you know, what's your roadblocks, what's blocking you from from going forward why are you not succeeding not because you know i mean and that's why i have an issue with the law of attraction that's why you know i mean the law of attraction exists whether we we believe it or we don't okay i mean we know it we see it i i can tell you i'm one of the people who can tell you stories about how i manifested so many things attracted things to me because i really deliberately thought of it i put it out there to the universe i had the great intention and and it did manifest but most people complain why the law of attraction doesn't work for them. Well, I mean, I'd like you to talk about that a little bit, you know, because I know you in your book, The Guardian Quote, it's not your fault and I can prove it. You did mention some, some of these things, you know, about the law of attraction as well. But why do mm-hmm. you think well, the law of attraction does not work? It's one of the laws in the universe. Law of creation, law of attraction, you know, you name it. There's so many laws. But why does the law of attraction doesn't work for some people? Because nobody will leave it alone. Nobody will leave it alone. Here's the deal. Remember I said the two steps, the two mistakes people make. First of all, they don't set their goal as, 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 as it has already occurred. They make it too hard. They think that they have to figure it out. Um, I know that, that uh, you see, all truth agrees with all other truths. They figure that they have to figure it out, and if they, don't, if they don't understand how they're going to achieve the goal, then they say, well, I can't believe it because I can't see how I'm going to do it. Right. Well, you're not going to do it. You're not. You're not going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I have yet to set a goal that came about in the way that I thought it was going to come about. It doesn't happen. That's why I say the the most important thing not to do after you set your goal, as though it already exists, is to ask how. Because as soon as you ask how, your your answer comes back from your own mind and says, I don't know. You don't have a clue. You're not supposed to. As long as you're trying to figure it out, you're not ready for the teacher to appear. And so that's why people don't have... Uh, in religious terms, they don't have the faith. In 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 logical terms, they don't have the belief. Mm-hmm. They, uh, who, who was you know the old boy was it Napoleon Hill that said, uh, no, it wasn't him. Uh, what the mind of man can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Well, the problem is with the belief. People trip themselves up and fall into the pit of unbelief by asking how. Just set the silly goal, daydream it, and by not asking how and getting yourself in the way of the universe bringing about your creation by saying how, what happens when you say how? It's very simple. Uh, it First of you all, already, eliminates you any possibility of belief. Yeah, you already create an yeah. obstacle because you're already telling yourself, I can't do this. Because when you say how, oh my God, how am I going to do this? How many times you hear people there say you go. that? Yep. That's exactly and you know what, what the universe does? You right. know what the universe does? Yes. Well. I say, okay, 
I'm grateful that I have $1,000 to pay my rent this month. Okay? And then I say, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do it? You say, I'm grateful that I have the $1,000, and the universe says, all right, he's already created the $1,000. I, I better bring it about. Let me send the teacher. Maybe uh, the landlord comes and says, hey, listen, uh, uh, I'm going to give you a credit for $500 on your rent this month because whatever reason. Or, you refer somebody or uh, you did something, right. Or if you're in, you're, you're in sales, somebody calls up and says, hey, my, my Aunt Melba just bought one of those widgets from you. I want a widget, and oh my gosh, you just made a commission for $1,000. So the teachers start to flock to you. But as soon as you say how, the universe says, whoa, wait a minute. He just told me that it was already created. So I got busy because he's the creator. And now he said, but how? So it must not be created. So, well, I guess I'll sit back and wait and see what he has to say. He has, he has taken the responsibility away from the universe by saying, I'm going to figure this out. I've got to figure out how. I've got to figure out how. I've got to figure out how. And he totally uncreates the goal that he created. You see, the people that are successful in life literally only create just a little bit more than they uncreate. And they're extremely successful. If everyone could follow the guardian code and understand that once they set a goal and declare it as already existing, if they will just de daydream that and allow that and just be alert to the teachers that will show up and appear to them, then very simply those goals will be achieved. That's why I wrote the little corollary journal uh, to the Guardian Code, It's Not Your Fault, uh, which people actually fill out. It's called My Book of Life, where they write down their goals and they account to themselves every day uh, as to how many times they daydreamed those goals. And the reason I use daydream instead of visualize, very simply, Rhea, is it makes it simpler. Some mm. people will stop as I did in my German mentality uh, of questioning everything, uh, when right. I heard about uh, visualizing, I said, okay, but now how do I visualize? Don't make it so dead gum hard. It's easy. And that's why I use the term daydream, okay? Right. I can daydream if, if you are like a little child. Little children daydream what they're going to be, what they want to do. I remember walking... I was uh, in uh, first grade, and I'd walk down the quarter-mile lane from the school bus down to the farm, and I'd be daydreaming about how I was going to invent an airplane, and uh, it was going to be a jet airplane, and the jet propulsion was provided by a fire extinguisher uh, shooting out the back of the airplane, but I was going to fly, okay? That kind of daydreaming, that simple daydreaming, after the goal has been set, and you have all the good feelings of having already achieved it, then you just daydream what it's like and how it is, and how you'd feel, how it'd taste, how it'd look, how it'd smell, how it, how it, how it would sound, all of the, all of the things. You just daydream it a couple times a day, and all of a and sudden, you wake up, the and teachers you do, will and appear. You, do what? <laughs> you take action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the the interesting thing is, is that then you do what you know to do. Somebody comes along and makes a suggestion, you say, oh, man, that fits into the puzzle. And so you do what they suggest. 
or you read the book that they suggest, or you make a telephone call that you had the inspiration to call. And the law of attraction is absolute, like you said earlier. It's an absolute fact. But one of the things that people don't realize and one of the discouragements in life is failure. They go out like I did many times, and I'd, I'd try to make a sale, and I'd fail. And things would get rough. I couldn't. I, I had trouble with finances because it didn't make any money. And that failure forces you to change, to do two things, to think and to decide. Right. That forces you, if you didn't fail, if everything was just exactly what you wanted and everything was was uh, you had all the money you wanted, you had the relationships you wanted, you had the possessions that you wanted, you were in great shape, uh, there'd be no reason to change, and so everything would stay exactly like it is. So if you want more than what you've had and you've failed, that's a good sign because that forces you to say, what can I do to fix this mess? And ultimately... Now, now, people like me, I'm really stubborn, and I think I can figure things out. I'm an arrogant sucker. And so what would happen, what I'd, I'd fail and I'd have a hard time, and I'd just get a bigger hammer and try harder. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results is a definition of insanity. And so I, I spent a lot of time in insanity, but very simply... What happened when I really failed, when I really had to figure something out, I had to do something, it finally got down to the point where I wasn't thinking anymore about what to do. I was sitting there thinking, what do I want? I've got to get this. I have to have this money to make my car payment. I have to have, you know. And so then I would say, okay, what do I want? I would define it. And then I learned that if you write it down, and then you daydream it as already existing several times a day. And then sometimes if you really want to put some pressure behind it, you look at your mirror and you tell yourself that you already have it. And you daydream it in the mirror. That's another technique that we talk about in the book. But the okay. fact is mm-hmm. that eventually as time goes by, and it's amazing how fast it will happen as soon as you get out of your own way as soon as you stop saying how and just realize it already exists and allow the teachers to show up, they will flock to you and you will be amazed at how quickly those goals start to appear and they manifest, which is you what you talked about ready, earlier. Right, right, Steve. I mean, you've got to be ready. you got to be ready when these, you know, signs come through to you, whether, you know, like you said, read a book or someone call you, you got to make a phone call to someone. I have to tell you, I mean, that's one of the things that happened in my life. And that's where, where I am right now. I owe it to all these things that I used to do, not to mention, you know, the fact that I was constantly, you know, looking up to things. And I was like, okay, so I really want to do this. So what would this thing look like? So I will find out more about it. So I get more ideas. So when I dream about it, I have a I have a clearer picture. But one of the other things that I used to, I know what you, I like what you said in your book. You said when you are down, there is no need to kick yourself. And so it, in one of the things in sales, I, you know, like yourself, you know, I was in sales for many years as well because I graduated from college. And, uh, you know, you get rejection constantly and people, you know, like, no, no, no. I used to have big accounts. I mean, big deals. 
and we all had quota. You know, we have to meet, you know, a certain amount of quota. And we, I will always made my president club, and I want to make my president club. So one of the tricks to to, to that, um, what I used to do, I used to go to my happy clients. So I remember, like, you know, it's like it's a similar to daydreaming, right? So like I remember, like, oh, how, how wonderful it was to have a really happy client, somebody who really can refer someone else to you. So I used to go to them when I feel like down. It was like, oh, my God, I just got beat up by two, you know, two prospects, right? So I go to them yeah. and I say, could you please tell me what you like about me? I swear. And they're like, you know, so they go through the list. I said, would you recommend me to somebody? And then they go say, yeah. I said, can you recommend me to somebody? <laughs> and here we yeah. go. Now, you know, I got a deal because I was out and I put it out there and I actually took action to, to make it happen. I dreamed it. I said, what would it be like if I actually can meet that quota? Can I go to Dominican Republic on my president club thing? Can I do this? Can I do that? But even, I mean, I look at Einstein, right? He used to daydream every single day and, and look what he had created, right? But let's yeah, take absolutely. a short break. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, this is going to go on for a few hours, but fascinating. I'm really glad to have you here. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will continue the discussion. So please stay tuned. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. by David Jean Baptiste, the author of How to Be Happy. In this short yet powerful book, David shares very simple techniques on how to relax your mind and body to achieve happiness in your life. He shows you how to free your intention and how to connect your mind and body to achieve a deep sense of fulfillment from within. So make sure you check out David's book at www.thewellnessclarinet.com. That's again www.thewellnessclarinet.com. Hey, welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a great guest here in the studio, Steve Shank, the author of The Guardian Code. It's not your fault, and I can prove it. And before the break, Steve was proving everything from the book. Welcome back. Welcome. Thank you for being here, Steve. Well, thank you for having me, Ria. This is fun. It's my it's my pleasure, my pleasure. So, you know, as we were talking about, you know, setting goals and why goals don't, 
get achieved. And we, we mentioned about the law of attraction. Just quickly before I continue, just want to give a little information for our listeners who are interested in um, joining us. You can sign in into the chat room. I see a couple people in there. Thank you for being there. So, Or you can call us directly at 626-213-5773. There is also a Skype icon next to the phone number from link if you have the link you will be able to use Skype to Skype for a free call if you wish to do that. So, um, Steve, amazing, amazing book. I have to tell you, I was so fascinated with the book, and I couldn't put it down, <laughs> you know, because you touch on a lot of things, and you make it so simple for us to really question some of the things that, you know, how we do things in our life. You know, one of the things that I said before the break, I thought it was really um, interesting how you put it. He said, your, your life is like a perfect building, right, in one of your chapters. And he said, when you are down, there is no need to kick yourself. So it's, it's not our fault because we were created perfect. So can you touch on that? What do you mean, like, you know, what's, what really did happen? How do we mess up? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if we do. I don't know if we do mess up. I think that one of the problems that we is that we live in an approval-based society where where unconditional love is very rare, and unconditional love means very simply, you accept me and I accept you for whoever you choose to be because, oddly enough, you are the most perfect Rhea that you can be. And I happen to be the most perfect Steve that I happen to be, and I talk in some of my seminars about a fellow by the name of Jim who has a club foot and one eye. And Jim happens to be the most perfect Jim that he can be. And uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter what benefits you have or what disabilities you have or whatever. As, 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 a, as a person, you're the most perfect you that you can be and so let's let's look at that building and and let's let's just kind of discuss what that means you see whatever you have to deal with is what what you've got to work with and as you as you develop your own capabilities as you become all you can be is what is one of the old uh, one of the old army phrases you know be all you can be the fact is is that you have to work with what you've got, but it's always perfect because you have the ability to set your goals and choose to make the most of, of what you are. And it, it's not a matter of courage. It's, it's just a matter of, of what you can be. Now, I mentioned the fact that we, we live in an uh, approval-based society. Everyone... Uh, starts to learn from having uh, their parents need to approve of them or, you know, a lot of times parents mistakenly take the attitude, well, if you do what I say, then I will love you. If you don't do what I say, not so much. And then the preacher does the same thing and the government does the same thing and the school teacher does the same thing and everybody basically decides whether they approve of us as to whether they are going to like us or not like us. Uh, that's called peer pressure in some respects. And it's a rare individual that can get through this whole, this whole insanity uh, and still be like my mom who, 
when she was criticized from time to time or someone challenged her judgment or what she said or did, she'd very simply and quietly say, me am who me am, and not be concerned about what somebody thought of her all the time. Right. And so when we when we realize that all we have to do uh, in, the, in the analogy of the perfect building, what happens is we don't live our lives exactly up to everyone's expectations and sometimes not up to our expectations. And we have some trash come in. It's called guilt and, and some of the problems that, that come with uh, being um, disappointed in ourselves and or having other people disappointed in us. I'm not really concerned about other people being disappointed in us, uh, but I'm really concerned about me disappo- being disappointed in me and you being disappointed in you. That's the trash that we talk about in that perfect building. But the beautiful thing is that if you take out the trash, if you remove you know. the, the garbage and the trash, the, the guilt and the anxiety, mm-hmm. and realize that, and this is where the, the concept of it's not your fault comes in. Now, when I first wrote the book, one of my sons said, oh, all right, that means that anything <laughs> I do isn't my fault. No responsibility and, uh, for my action. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But you just use the R word. You use the R word. Right. It's not your fault if, in fact, in retrospect, you look at it and say, holy cow, I would not do that again. Uh, that is not the outcome that I intended. I didn't think about that outcome. And if you say that, then it's not your fault. If you so look you back saying, and say, Steve, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I wanted to just emphasize on this point here because I want people to understand we're not trying to tell them, you know, differently. We're saying you've got to take 100% responsibility, right? Absolutely. Here we go. It's That's not what your fault, to... but it is your responsibility. Exactly. And if you look at the cover of the book, at one point in time it says, you know, it is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. But once you've taken that responsibility, you can't undo the past. You can't, you, the past doesn't exist. You can't go back and, un, you know, put that candy bar, back, candy bar back that you, you swiped when you were a kid and have it not have been swiped. But the fact is, is that you can make retribution. You can go pay the, you know, pay the 50 cents for the candy bar or, or whatever you did. Do the best you can at, at make, taking responsibility for it. And then once you've done that, you have no reason to take fault for it because it's done with. Okay? And so when it's not your fault, if you look back at a situation that really stinks and you say, well, I didn't intend that outcome. To, I, I didn't mean to say to some, somebody in front of somebody that thing that I said that was embarrassing or, or whatever. If I look back at that, I would never, ever do that again, and I didn't intend it, but I will go and apologize. I'll take care of take responsibility for it and get all the fixing done that is possible to do and then stop beating myself up over it because 
it's not my fault anymore if I didn't intend that outcome. Now, on the other hand, if you went and punched somebody in the nose and you felt a little bit guilty about it, but somebody said, well, what would you do about that again? Well, I'd go punch him in the nose again. Then it is, it's your fault. <laughs> it's all right. yours. And uh, maybe that's that you had. So I, I don't try and I, I try not to make this all that complicated. It's, it's really quite simple. But but people spend them spend their lives going back over and over and over full pause that they've made, mistakes that they've made, things that they've done that they are not proud of, continuing to beat themselves up long after they may have even taken responsibility for it, may have gone and apologized and done everything that they can to to fix the bad situation. And then if they still continue to go back and recreate the situation, they're just they're they're committing the, the the crime. They're committing the offense. They're 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 doing doing it in their mind over and over again, which is absolutely ridiculous. They relive the whole it. Idea it's, not it's not your fault. Yeah, I Say mean again? they relive in the, the the actual you know uh, um, condition over and over by feeling that way. And I think like what you said, the guilt and then also we tend to judge ourselves. I used to be one of those people who like, I will do something I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And they're like, you know, and I start judging myself. And, you know, we, you know, I'm not saying many people, but there's still a lot of people who still, whether they judge themselves and that goes back. I know you talk about it in your book too, about the self-image and the self-love and the self-worth. And then also the guilt. The guilt is a major roadblock, as you mentioned, you know, to have the life that you want. So it, it, it's, it's so much to discuss. I actually increased the time, so I don't know if you can stay longer than an hour, but if not, we'll wrap it up. But I, there's so much I want to talk to you about, and specifically the book, of course, the, God, the Guardian Code. It's not your fault, and I can prove it. Now, do you believe in luck? No. Okay, why is that? <laughs> <laughs> do I believe in luck? Yes. No, I really why? don't. Why don't you? Why would I want to? Okay. Uh, a lot of people spend their lives... Uh, feeling like their life is based on the roll of the dice. Were they born and raised with a silver spoon in their mouth? Someone else is lucky. Uh, I'm unlucky. I don't happen to be at the right place at the right time with the right amount of, you know, I, 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 w- I would stand out. If it was raining soup, I'd be standing out there with a fork instead of a spoon. You know, all of this mental uh, uh, attitude... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's abuse, but it, basically, if you believe in luck, that means that all of the true principles of the universe are absolutely, completely negated. Because if you believed in luck, then the devil could make you do it. Well, remember the old I, thing a hundred like... years ago. <laughs> You know what, Steve? I would like to add to that one. The reason I don't believe in luck because, first of all, when you believe in luck, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose, right? So here you go. And then also if you believe in luck, you can very much be a victim in your own life, and you created that because you you can say, oh, I'm not lucky, or I can say whatever, you know, to that fact because I look at myself, oh, look at that. 
he's, he must be so lucky to be able to do this and to do that. It must be really nice because they're so lucky. And I think this is also goes back to the judgment, goes back to the self, you know, worth. It goes back to how you view yourself as an individual, you know, what you see yourself. And, and I love how you talk about, like, you know, the past is like, you know, we cannot live the past as is already right now. I, they call me the queen of now. Actually, for many people who know me <laughs> directly, they call me the queen of now. The reason being because I really don't believe anything exists except now. You know, so when we've done something and we live in it, we actually live in it right now. We live in it in our mind, maybe not in the physical, you know, uh, form, but we live in it in our mind. And therefore, you know, our body takes toll on it. And then we, you know, I mean, some people actually repeat it again because they never learned a lesson. And they say, oh, my God, I must be an idiot. I've learned a game, you know. But that repetition is just because you never dealt with the actual things and just realized, you know, this was past. Like you said, the past does not exist, but what does exist is right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you, when you ask about luck, oddly enough, in all my, in all my uh, discussions with folks, I've never had anybody ask me about luck before, although there's a chapter in, in the book, on, on luck and on the fact that people want to believe that that life is a roll of dice. Now let's let's look at that concept. This is the ultimate irresponsibility. This is the ultimate in 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 taking no responsibility for your life or your situation. It's the ultimate cop out because if I can say, well, I'm just not lucky then I don't have to learn these true principles of law. I don't have mm-hmm. to learn how to create. I don't have to do sure. No, I, I, just, I just put it off to luck. You know, I, Some people are lucky, some people are not. And it's the ultimate victimization, like you said, and it's the ultimate irresponsibility. So having said that, what do you do about it? Decide what you want. And yeah. it's so simple to just daydream that which you want as though it's already existed and allow the universe to bring it to you. Life is so much simpler. Life is not full of anxiety and fret and fear and worry and strain because as soon as you start worrying or being, being concerned about something or being afraid of something, decide what it is you want, write the goal as though it already exists, and then daydream it and the universe will bring about the teachers that will allow it to manifest itself. But there's a caution. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for. And here's the deal. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and ask for and and daydream and, and decide into existence that which you want, but you had better understand when you do that, that you're going to reach, you're going to have some uncomfortable things happen on your way to achieving that goal. You're going to, it's not going to be just all of a sudden peaches and cream. I'll give you a perfect example. I set a goal for the business that I that I run, and uh, I was in the process of being bought out on a previous business, mm-hmm. and. The way the, the way the buyout worked, it turned out to be a very painful three months of transition and things going absolutely terribly 
which forced me to set other goals with regard to the new business that I never would have thought of setting if things had gone smoothly. Because, you see, when you, whenever you set a, a goal, it means that something is going to change. Yes. And people don't change readily. If you, if you expect to set a goal and have your life just go along peachy, peachy keen exactly the way it is right now, and all of a sudden the goal manifests itself and you'll, be, you'll have your problem solved, don't bet on it. You're going to find something hits you that you say, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. Why do I do this to myself? I can't believe that I, I deserve to have this happen. It's got nothing to do with the goal over there, but it forces me to change something that I'm doing that will allow the teachers to appear to bring about the goal. And if I had not set the goal, I would not have had the misery because, you see, failure is one of the greatest factors in the guardian code. It's the first key because unless you fail and unless you're miserable, you will not change what you're doing. And if you don't yes. change something in your life, you will never manifest something new that requires the change. And the because change you'll be doing the same painful. thing over and over. Right. Absolutely. And, the def- and that's the definition of insanity. Right. So... Well, in your book, you talk about a lot of things, and, and I have to tell you, like, again, I really recommend that people, you know, get the book and read it. We will talk at the end of the show about how they go about, you know, um, getting the book. But one of the things, we talk about problem, and I love this because, you know, we tend, most of us, unfortunately, is to point a finger, right? It's like, it's your fault, my fault, you know, and I know you touch on this, but what I love what you said, you said, just solve the problem. When everything is fixed, yeah. nobody cares whose fault it is, or it was. I'm sorry, <laughs> it was. That's what you yeah. said, so I'm quoting you. So. But it's so true. And, and I think, it, does that make us feel better, though, when we point a finger instead of, and then you talk about it in relationship, and this is really something very um, uh, big problem for many people in relationship, whether it's personal relationship, like husband, wife, partners, whatever, or even professional relationship, you know, business relationship. When you're not taking responsibility, I mean, uh, you know, like you said, it doesn't help. It, it's not going to solve the problem by trying to figure out whose fault it was. Yeah. There was a, there was a perfect cartoon that I, I described. It was, it, was kind of, it was kind of fun. It was a, a mother and a father and two kids, and they were out uh, walking through, you know, the uh, – they're in Africa and they were lost and and the the caption underneath is the father speaking as only fathers would say something stupid like this um, okay now we admit that we're lost but the important thing for us right now to find out is whose fault is it yeah, <laughs> that's the way we function yeah. that's the way corporations function half Half of the energy, half yeah. the energy that most, well, I shouldn't say most, an awful lot of people working for large companies that have, you know, political structures within the corporate structure and all that kind of stuff, where they're right. all vying for their position and, and each one is trying to look good to the boss. About half the energy that those people spend is in trying to look good rather than being good. 
and in in trying to play the game as opposed to just accomplishing the objective. And the way it works out in most cases is when something happens that's not favorable, everybody immediately spends a tremendous amount of time trying to make make sure that the finger isn't pointed to them as to whose fault it is. And once in a while, you have a guy that isn't very well set politically, but he actually says, wait a minute, let's just figure out how to solve the problem and not worry about whose fault it was, because that's in the past. The past doesn't exist. So why in the heck do you care about who caused the problem? Now, you might want to figure out what what caused the problem or who who did what to cause the problem so that you don't have the problem again in the future. You might want to learn from the past, but you never want to live in the past by going back and saying, okay, now we've proven it's John's fault. Well, like this, this Christie guy that uh, that is under so much fire right now uh, because of all that traffic pattern thing with the bridge and all that kind of stuff, uh, he comes on there and, and <laughs> he takes full responsibility and fires <laughs> the guy that he claims is at fault. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's just amazing. So you know what, but, Steve? Uh, I, I'm thinking about what you were saying, and I, you know, I take notes. Actually, because I taking notes, I write things down. I'm a big journal writer. That's why I teach as well. <laughs> Got to write things down. But what you know, what it, when we take actually um, uh, the the faultness things, right? You know, pointing the finger at someone and saying it's your fault, not my fault, or whatever. I think it's tied in also to the approval issue, don't you think? I mean, you know, it's like oh, somebody, absolutely. yeah, they want to be, you know, they want to be, you know, accepted. And it's so important to them to, to be looked, you know, in the eyes of that person or whatever the situation is that, I, you know, it's not my fault. So, you know, I need your approval yeah. that you understand that I'm right and you're wrong or you did something wrong. And, you know, so it's like it seems like it's going in the circle if I'm, you know, if I'm following you through, you know, with this. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Well, the, okay. the, the the value, what what makes a bully? Why is somebody a bully? Uh, why does somebody uh, gloat in finding out that it was someone else's fault? Because it makes them feel better about their own inadequacies. If I can find somebody, it's it's uh, the the dingo uh, scenario, dingo syndrome. Uh, you know, over in in uh, Australia. Uh, these dogs, these wild dogs, uh, if one of them gets hurt, they all attack it and kill it. And it, it, it's, that's the way human beings are a lot. Uh, we enjoy uh, a lot of times hearing about the, the fellow that was extremely successful and wealthy that lost his fortune. We, mm. we enjoy hearing about the psychologist you know, the, the TV psychologist whose son went astray and uh, rebelled against his dad. I mean, we, we, we take pleasure in others' pain because wow. we, we, we stand there and say, well, well, I know I'm bad, but I'm nowhere near as bad as that guy. And so yeah. we point and, and try and make ourselves feel better at the expense of others. And it's, it's, a, it's a, a terrible thing. It's all you know, part I, of the, like you said, the the approval-based society that we're in. 
you know, it's it's really, I mean, like you said before, if you simplify things and you, you really write the main issues that we most of us face in, in, in our life, you realize how simple it is to take the trash out so you can live a better life, so we can all live a better life, if we can all take our trash out. We Isn't call that it, amazing? Let's, let's call it trash day. <laughs> let's figure out a trash day and let's all dump our trash out. Somewhere where it's not going to yeah. hurt anybody. It's not going to make anybody smell their stinky crap. You know what I mean? It's really yeah. simple. I mean, I know I'm so, I, I sound like so, you know, but it, it's, what do you think? I mean, it's, it's simple, right? Yeah, it's, it's so simple that it's silly. You know, my, my late wife, um, I lost this little gal about four years ago. Oh, but she was, she, she was a phenomenal she had a phenomenal perspective on life. And when I'd get really discouraged and we'd be trying to figure out what to do and, and we'd setting our goals, and in fact, she's the one that started me on, on figuring out how the goal thing actually worked as opposed to all of these theories that people ivy tower about it. Theories, right. And uh, she used to make the statement, you know, honey, if it's right, it's easy. <laughs> and you know it's absolutely true. Uh, we we think that our lives are so hard, and that we have to we have to struggle and strain and pain and all this kind of stuff. The only thing, the only value that the struggle and the pain provides, is it causes us to be willing to change what we're doing right now that's not working, and mm-hmm. hopefully seek and find the teachers that will enable us to find the path because. Truly successful people, after they've failed a few times, they say that, that the average millionaire has, has failed severely at least two times, oftentimes with bankruptcies. But uh, after, we've, after we've failed enough to be teachable, to allow the teachers to appear, when we stop saying, I'm going to figure this out and uh, what's wrong, why, is, why, am I, why am I always so unlucky? And all the stupid things change. that we say. And resist yep. change because most people resist change. People are comfortable where they are. I see this every day. You know, my clients, people that I know, friends, whatever. You know, it's hard for people to to make that change. You know, it's like, well, if it's not broken, don't fix it. How many times you've heard that? Um, but we're oh gonna yeah, take a, well that yeah, I know it's crazy. But we uh, we passed the hours. But I'm gonna take a short break, and when we come back, we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna tell our listeners where they can go get the book and some of the highlights from the book, and your, you know, a few uh, minutes just to tell people, wrapping it up, and tell them what you you know what you suggest that they should start doing today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, today. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> so they can they can you know do something different in their life and obviously get a different result. But I just want to mention the ad that I will be playing right now for to love the children.org. I am um, honored to be um, a board member on this organization. It's it's an organization dedicated to the education of, uh, of uh, young girls in a developing countries who, you know, providing equity education and teaching, you know, health and everything. So I'm really honored to be part of it, and I'm going to play the ad that I've created for them, and uh, we'll be right back. Dr. David Kenneth Waldman founded To Love Children. When I met Dr. David Kenneth Waldman in my office, uh, when I was the minister in charge of gender, a 
and he came to sell me this idea, his vision of, of uh, the girl child education. I embraced it because I thought this is the way we would be able to empower our young girls. Please go to tolovechildren.org and donate. Thank you for helping me to take my passion and turn it into action. We can definitely all take part. Thank you, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now Radio Show. I am your host, Coach Ria, and always a pleasure to be here with you on the air, whether you're listening to the show live, archives, on iTunes, on Stitcher app, anywhere you are, I'm grateful for you. So much love to you. So my guest today is Steve Shank. We're wrapping up the, uh, um, the, uh, the show today. He, he shared a lot of great information, so I do highly encourage you to go back we listen to the show. The minute we go off the air, the show will be archived, available on iTunes, and, of course, on the Stitcher app as well if you want to listen to it on your smartphone. You know, um, Steve, thank you again for being here, my friend. I mean, again, it's like I can have probably three hours with you, but, you know, <laughs> so much to cover with you. <laughs> but I just wanted to tell our listeners before you, you know, you wrap it up here. Um, in the book, you know, you shared a lot of great information. You cover, you know, the basics you know, of, of, you know, our, why things are not working. You know, the simple things is like, you know, how you mentioned the perfect building, you know, taking your trash out, clean up, get rid of guilt, get rid of judgment. And then you also share, you know, the, the, the format to uh, the formula for trash removal. I love that. It was like such a great thing. I was like, I was like, oh, great. Step one, step two, simple things for people to follow. So first let's start by telling our listeners where they can go and get the book, The Guardian Coach. They can look up on the internet, uh, steveshank.com, and uh, the shank is spelled S-H-E-N-K, steveshank.com, and uh, that's the website, and uh, they can also look up The Guardian Code, which is the name of the book, and the subtitle is It's Not Your Fault, and I can prove it. But if they'll just get on the internet and... uh, and chase it down. Uh, they can buy the book there, and we've got it both in hardcover and in paperback. And right. uh, it should be an interesting read. Along it's, with it, though, uh-huh. they will get they will get also the My Book of Life, which is the little journal. So it's a corollary book that goes along with the Guardian nice. Code. That's nice. That's great. And you know, I also mentioned, you know, for people who are, you know, follow me, follow the show, you are welcome to go to my website and I will provide you with all that information as well. And of course, you can go either to yourlifenow.info or coachingbyria.com. That's www.coachingbyria.com. So Steve, if you can just wrap it up for us and give us some of the highlights of some of the things that our listeners can take away from today's show. So they can start doing right now, as I mentioned, not tomorrow, not yesterday, right now to have a better tomorrow. Well, the very simple thing that most people make difficult is that it it, it really is the only thing that you need to do is decide what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. And if you write it down, these are the steps in the code. The code is very similar to the combination of a lock. It's the code that, that unlocks your creativity. If you're dissatisfied enough, if you've failed enough, 
Mm-hmm. And if you're just aggravated enough at not at not having what you want, decide what you want, write it down, and write it down as though you already have it. And then every day, at least two times a day, first thing in the morning and last thing at night, you daydream the possession of that which you want, whether it's a personal quality or whether it's a relationship or whatever it is. And then just be aware, just know that it is going to come about and be aware of the teachers that appear. And by doing it every day, it keeps, keeps it foremost in your mind so you are attuned to those teachers that will bring about the events and circumstances that will bring about your goal. It's that simple. It's that simple. And don't, don't sit there and commiserate over not knowing how to bring it about. Just allow it to, to, to come. Uh, various writers have said it different ways. Some say just let go, let it be, just just allow it to, to appear. But very simply, don't do anything but just be like a little child and daydream it as though it already existed. And then you'll be amazed at, at how things come about. And if you're troubling over, over understanding how things work, Get the book or just decide to understand how it is and make that one of your goals. It's just it makes life so simple and worry free. And anytime you worry about anything or anything, anytime you're afraid of anything, write a goal as as to how you want it to come out and then daydream it that way and the universe will bring the teachers to you and it will manifest for you. So true and so beautifully put. And it was really a pleasure having you on the show. I'm going to ask you to come back again because, like I said, there's so much stuff that we can we can talk about, you and I, and our listener can really benefit from it because you're an amazing um, teacher, I have to say. Um, and your book well, really you. had taught me. <laughs> no, truly. Your book had taught me a lot of things. And and I start questioning. I mean, I'm one of those people. And you, probably, I, I know you didn't dial in right away. But if you had listened to the show from the beginning, I hope you will go back and listen to it. You know, you know, I always say question everything. You know, you know, what, what's what's the existing? What is this? You know, what? Why is it so important? Whatever. And and uh, it made me question a few things of how I think about it. Like, you know, when you said it's not your fault or when you pointed out some of the things in the book and I'm like, huh, never thought about it this way. Well, that's interesting. And then I start to, you know, a question in my own mind, how is it applying my own life and how I have done it, you know, differently without the judgment. And that's what's really the key. I think it's important for us to take yep. the judgment out. Absolutely. Because it, w- it, it would not serve it. Yeah, it would not serve the, the actual, you know, um, goal that you were trying to achieve. And with all that, that being said, um, enjoy Utah. Are you skiing there or just uh, hanging in well, there? Well, I've got too much. i got too much to do to go play and ski, but uh, <laughs> I guess they've got some well, good skiing up on the slopes. I'll, I'll come ski with you. So <laughs> I'm actually, I don't there like being cold. So <laughs> we have a lot of snow here. So all I have to do is just go to my backyard, and I'll I'll be able to ski right here. So, but <laughs> you know, you we go. gotta make fun of life because you know life doesn't take us seriously. And I hope everybody enjoys a great uh, rest of the day. And until next time, my friends, stay amazing. Much love, much love to you all. Great to uh, have Thank you again. You. Take care. Bye bye. 
Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea.